welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast, spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy, and I'm Laura. Yeah, here we are. Is this thing on? I've forgotten what what to do. <laughs> I don't know either. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm just showing up, and we are both showing up, and that's something we haven't done for a little while for this podcast. So, if there's anyone still left out there wanting to listen to us, we're back, and we're so sorry that we've taken so long in coming back. But hey. Shit happens and and we've been um we've all been in it a little bit, really. Yeah, it's just doing the human thing, you know, like it's um wasn't planned to be as long as a break as no. what it was. <laughs> Definitely. But life's been pretty pretty crazy lately with both of us uh navigating the the new way of life at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think priorities have just had to bump. Yep. And I must admit in the back of my mind was always like, man, if we're feeling this, um, my love goes out to the listeners and and our beautiful followers. And I have been eager to get back here to provide whatever support or even at least entertainment, a little bit of a laugh, um, to, to anyone listening. So it has been a long time coming. I'm glad we finally made it. Hopefully we've finally made it. We've tried a myriad of ways of recording <laughs> remotely. <laughs> Ronia. Yeah, it's taken us an hour and a half to finally work this simple, um, hopefully simple system out. On our end it seems simple, but on Maddie's end it might not yeah, be. Maddie, but... Matt. <laughs> we'll see. Maddie, we'll Matt. see how we go. Uh yeah, and, you know, aside, I think for me the saving grace was that I know that people could go back and listen to their episodes and um, re-listen, binge, share. Uh, oh, yeah. And that was kind of in the back of my mind. That was my excuse <laughs> that I was telling myself in my head. It's like, well, they can go back and they can listen to other episodes and and they've got Haunted and they've got yep. Witch, so it's not like they're not getting anything Uh but, yeah, it was a lot longer than what we'd hoped, so we're sorry. But we're back, we're back, we're back. We're <laughs> we back. hope we're back at this stage. <laughs> it's unconfirmed. <Yeah. laughs> but we're recording in the hope that this will uh, pair up and get into your ear holes and, and yeah. And if you do hear it, then tell us that you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> Leave a like or a subscribe or something. Just let us know that you yeah. heard it. And it's been good having to step away a little bit just to sort of recharge and even get some more direction on what we want to focus on because I I feel as though our first couple of seasons, they've been really how-to sort of spiritual guides on one certain theme and obviously we'll still do that going forward but also we'll just have general chats about different themes and how that is um, covered from all different facets of life rather than just a, um, you know, a single chat about chakras or, you know, you've done the the clairs and that sort of thing. So we'll sort of be able to dive deeper and cover a few more things. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, when you get to having done two seasons uh, and quite long seasons as well, especially our first season was freaking long as long as anything. It like felt like it went the whole year. It didn't, but it felt like it went the whole year. And we had a few little breaks in between, but content every week is a thing. Yeah. Like coming up with what we want to talk about, um, how we're going to approach it is also uh, another thing that we have to get, we have to get better at, or we just, we just have to start having more attention applied in that area because, um, I don't think either of us ever thought that we would be like a year and a half down the track with three podcasts and <laughs> yeah, that happened like three weekly podcasts. <laughs> yeah. just Sorry. <laughs> and so it's like when you think you've got so much that you can talk about and so much that you can do. Turns out it's probably about 18 months worth. (laughs) (laughs) It does have an expiry. 
so yeah, I think we'll probably head into this direction of, of um, you know, bringing some new things to season three. I feel that we're also going to be seeing some guests. Yes guest hosts coming on, uh, people for us to interview, which is really exciting. Totally. Uh, yep. So we're not going to have to wait too long for our first one. Uh, but yeah, lots of different things coming up. And like Laura said, hopefully we'll be able to do some deeper dives into some of the things that we've spoken about before and get a little bit more specific about those things, but also just generally open up to what's happening in the world because everything's changing so quickly. People's relationships are also changing really quickly. I know that a lot of people who, uh, you know, would not really kind of identify as, you know, super spiritual or really into this kind of stuff, you're seeing more people come into this kind of stuff and this arena because of what's going down. You know, we're all being questioned and pushed and pressured and tested like never before. And that brings out, that brings out, uh, people moving in directions that they might ordinarily not have chosen to go ever or, you know, at, at this point in time, but they are there. And so I want to kind of show up for, for them. And as someone who's been doing it for long enough now to be teaching it, I, I want to just make sure that you guys aren't left with questions if you've got questions around any of this stuff, just send them in and ask us. Just email us at tospsychic at gmail.com and we'll answer them on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, much more interactive and, yeah, we, you know, we're all evolving really at, at on some different level and I think some people have really been been able to stop and go, what the fuck is going on? And some people are in that mm. phase where they're thinking, what the fuck is going on with me and my life? <laughs> Hello, Dashi. And um, some people are thinking, what is going on in the world and how does this affect my life? And then some people, you know, have even greater sort of perspectives than that, like much more encompassing. So it just depends where we're all at and what questions we kind of have going on. But as a whole, yeah. Also, there's a lot of... No, Sorry. I was just going to say as a whole, we're all in one way or another just going, what the fuck? <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's a lot of grief as well going around and trauma. Yeah. Lots of, and at all different extremes and levels. So this year for me, for one-on-ones, has been very heavily uh, rooted, I guess, in people who have lost people in the last year and a half due to COVID or because of COVID were unable to be with their loved ones. Yeah. So there is this new level of grief that the world's never really seen before on such a mass scale, which is going to produce uh, quite a large contingency of energy when everyone's experiencing the same thing. Uh, There's also uh, trauma in terms of uh, my clients, if they can't be with their loved ones when they pass away or they can't be with their family and friends after the passing of someone, that's trauma. And so we're seeing this huge trauma, grief, trauma, grief, trauma, grief mountain just piling. So emotional. And that can lead people to, yeah, and that can lead people to spirituality like nothing else can. And I haven't really seen too much about, uh, I haven't really seen too many, and I was saying this to one of my clients the other day, we don't see people of spiritual figureheads we don't see them talk about what's happening right now on the earth uh the way that our government or our politics do and at these times unless you're heavily ingrained or already rooted into some sort of spiritual practice or belief system or mainstream religion it's very divisive in that sense too yeah because we're not really reaching out to people like I mean, I am perfect example of what all spiritual people are doing. We're we're uh, we're retreating, and we're coming in, and we're doing that because we know that we have to we have to keep ourselves separate from from the energy that's that's going around at the moment, and keep ourselves very protected and supported in ourselves. And that means we go back to the basics. We we go to the foundational principles of our belief systems and the rituals that we have, and we've never really, as a 
especially Australians, we've never really experienced, uh, well, not all Australians, but especially our generation and the younger generations, we've never really experienced times where all we have is our our faith or our conviction. We were so privileged. We are so blessed to have the the lifestyle that we have. Where even if we, you know, live on the poverty line, where people that are on the poverty line, I was basically there when I was a kid, and we we still don't know what it's like. Like poverty here is not poverty in the rest of the in some other places of the world. And like I'm not compare. Like I'm not trying to you know compare. Yeah, but of course, because it's we all really relative. truly don't know what it's like. Yeah, we don't know what it's like to have lines of defense. So I kind of see my faith as a line of defense before the shit hits the fan or before I give up or before I need to whinge or complain or, you know, approach governments or, you know, have a stance or go on a march or a protest. I feel like I am a mile from needing to do that because I have so much more resourcefulness inside of me. Yeah. I I don't feel as threatened as everybody else. Yeah, I can understand that. That, that doesn't have a spiritual practice, I guess. I can understand that. Um, and you also, you reminded me of when you were talking about spiritual leaders speaking up about these times. But you also did share, I think it was a Native American chief, for want of a better word, his his passage. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen that a few times now and it's just beautiful what he did say to summarise that at the very end or one of the big takeaways I got from reading that was um, to rethink about feeling a little bit guilty when you're able to find something positive to celebrate um, just because there is a, you know, so much of um, suffering, like you were saying, and so much trauma in the world right now Um when we show a little bit of resilience and resistance to that in finding the joy in the smaller moments, those things are what we can really um, anchor down in and move forward with and move forward for those those little things that are there every day. Yeah, because those little things are everything. Those little things are the basic foundation principles yep. and we live a life that is so far removed or so busy that it doesn't stop. And I'm generalising, of course, but most people, many people in everyday society will live too busy. They're, they just go, 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 go. They're, um, they've got full lives and they're not taking care of their root system. Yeah. And spirituality tends to make sure that your root system is strong and nurtured and tend to and cared for and uh, solid so that no matter what happens above the ground, we stay the same. We'll always be okay. And if in doubt, we always have roots underneath that will grow back again. Yeah. So what we see is a lot of people, uh, their first line of defence is blame or po- pointing the finger uh, and looking for looking for something to control because that's what they they're needing. Yeah, where I don't necessarily feel like everything's out of control. I I I feel not out of control at all. So I'm not threatened and I'm not behaving in that mm-hmm. way because I have so much certainty in my life that I'm not reaching for control. Sure. Um, For the most part, I'm going to agree with you, but I'm also going to share that the other day uh, I was not having the finest moments. I was home all last week looking after my youngest one and guess what I did? (laughs) I completely cleaned out the cupboard of need because I needed certainty in my life and I needed to take control over something and so I ripped it to shreds and reorganised it and it's really, really pretty now and it made me feel so good. (laughs) So that And so why is that not agreeing? What's that? Why is that not agreeing with what I said? Oh, because I really needed to gain control. I felt so out of control. I was sort of clutching for something to take control of. So that was doing it in a positive light. I, um, yeah, 
Yeah. yeah well, that's mm. it. Because, and that's what I'm saying. So like, I know that I have control around myself and my rituals. Yes. I know that uh, I can find certainty. And so the, for you, if you, if you didn't do it in a positive way, then maybe you would have got on and, you know, poked a few, poked a few feathers in terms of, um, getting on social media and doing some commenting oh. and making oh, yourself I feel see. better, dobbing yeah, someone yeah. in next mm. door for doing something they shouldn't be doing. Mm. You know, it's kind of, we just need that sense of something that's going to just make us feel that little bit better. And this is a grand illusion because, uh, when we push someone down, it gives the illusion of us being moved up higher mm. when really we haven't, we've just stayed exactly the same. So, one of the things that I see a lot on social media at the moment is people doing that and uh, it's just this false illusion of of people trying to gain control. Well, they're trying to gain control externally, not, you know, not internally. Correct. So, yeah. And unhealthy. It's a toxic way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I It was very cathartic to be able to do that. It was on my to-do list to yeah. clean it all out. And it, gosh, I felt so good afterwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's what we're supposed to do because what you did was tend to your home yeah. as well. Yeah. And tend to tend to your space and your life and your your world. Yeah. And that that's tending to your roots, you know, the cupboard of need, getting a clean out. Like I've done my I've done my linen cupboard. I think three times since the first COVID lockdown here. And that's three times more than it's ever had since we lived here. (laughs) But that's like taking care of the roots because it's going to, when I go to get a towel out next time, it's going to look nice. Or when I go to change the sheets, it's going to look nice. It's going to be easy. And we think back to like when our ancestors didn't have all of the mod cons that we have and, technology and everything what they did was they had they were very proud of their home they were house proud they would sweep their front veranda and their back veranda they would you know smack their mats and clean their mats every weekend no cobwebs anywhere they would correct they would make sure there's like my mother-in-law still does a spring clean every year and she's like 86 and this woman like cleans out that house like no tomorrow Everything is clean. The silverware, the glassware, everything is out and in. And so that's that's taking care of your roots and it's minding your own business. Yeah. And making sure that you're living a life that's aligned to you and authentic to you and you're taking care of your own house rather than worrying about what everyone else is doing in their house. Which is the a theme of this episode is to find a bit of or well, how to find some calm in the chaos, right? You know? Leaning into mm-hmm. those things that we can find calmness in, that we can root down into and ground down into and and there are things of certainty, right? Because I remember watching one of your Instagram feeds talking about control or the idea or perspective or wanting to control rather than just switching that into certainty. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So there are primary needs that humans have um, psychologically. And one of those primary needs is certainty. Uh, And then off the back of that, there's uncertainty. So some people need uncertainty uh, and they thrive on that. But for those who need certainty, when things like um, what's happening at the moment happen, whether it's on a smaller scale or a bigger scale, when it happens, it triggers their their sense of certainty. And depending on how adjusted these people are, how much ritual they have, what kind of support mechanisms and systems they've got in place, they tend to feel out of control and they will go to that mental space and that self-narrative of, I just feel so out of control, things are so out of control. And when we start to say that to ourselves over t- over a very short period of time, our, uh, you know, we're going to get a bit sciencey here, but our um, our sympathetic nervous system starts to take over, and we we are in full fight, flight, and freeze mode, depending on who we are and what we do. But yeah, ultimately, 
you're going to either fight for some kind of control. So they're the people that we see that are doing the protests. These are the people that we see that are loud and proud of their opinion, whether it's one way or the other, but they've just, they're very opinionated. And then we've got the people who will flight for some kind of control. So they will turn inwards and they might become depressed or they might drink or they they might just stay inside and sleep all day. So they're finding some kind of control, but it's a very, um, very internal sense of control. Um, and then there's the freezers. And so these people, when they're looking for some kind of control, they will usually try and control others. So they'll tr- they'll be the people who ring everybody else and say, look, I've got you booked in for an, a vaccination or I've got you booked in for a test or um, what are you doing? I've got food, I've got money, I've got this. Why don't you come and live here and we'll do this? And they try and make everything okay for everyone. And so either way, these people are trying to find some sense of control to be able to self-soothe. Yeah, to make sense of it all. Yeah, and regardless of which one they are, fight, flight or freeze or even all of them, uh, it's very toxic for ourselves and toxic for others as well. And there's always going to be a consequence to that behaviour. So what I would suggest and what I would put out there for people would be to instead change it up in your mindset first and when you're feeling that you're out of control or things are out of control, no, okay, this is just me looking for certainty. What things can I find in my life that are certain? And it's going to be, it's hard at first to go back to the basics, but the basics are the fundamentals. And like I said at the beginning, they're everything. And I go back to it. Like I box breathe my heart yeah, out. Yeah, same. You know, and at the beginning of this week, I was having a really tough time and box breathing is something that I teach, but it is something that I do because it works. And just because it worked five, 10 years ago, doesn't mean that I've outgrown the ability for that to work. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm my, my brain is still in survival mode. It's still in the sympathetic nervous system running the show when it's behaving that way. And I know that my first method of defense to shift the momentum is to box mm-hmm. breathe. And in that way, what I'm doing is something so simple, which is finding certainty in my breath. My breath is certain. Right here, right now, my breath, the fact that I'm breathing in and out and I'm still alive and functioning and talking and recording means that for certain I'm alive because my bre- my breathing is keeping me alive. Absolutely. So yeah. the other thing with box breathing is that it's a controlled breathing technique that signals the brain to do something. So we find control in breath, which is helping us in so many ways. It's going to tell our brain to turn on our parasympathetic nervous system and that's going to change the momentum for us. And we're going to get some nice hormone hits, you know, some dopamine and some serotonin. And we're going to feel a little bit, a little bit better after we do some breath work. We're going to feel safer and we're not going to feel as threatened. And then we move on to the next thing that we can find that might be certain, which is that, you know, whatever it is, I'm certain that the sky is blue if, if we're really struggling for things or I'm certain that it's raining if it's <laughs> raining. Um, I'm certain that my children are at home with me. But we're actually we're um, able to. What, yeah, we're able to when we do the box breathing. Yeah, it brings back our rational thoughts. So we, we can think more clearly about other things because there, there are, they're there. Yeah. It's just a matter of slowing down enough and allowing ourselves to see it. Hmm. And sometimes, you know, with the roof board, yes. that can be a really great thing to do for ourselves. It doesn't have to be a roof board, but it can be a certainty yep. board. It can be uh, a visual reminder for us that we can have on our phone, our laptop screen, pictures around wherever, bathroom, whatever, uh, that has a list of things that are certain that regardless of what's going on around the world, they are always there. So your list of certain things is going to really help you. And as, a, as someone who practices spirituality, my list of certain things is endless. Yep. So that's why spiritual people tend to not react and respond as quick as, as most. We've got far more defense mechanisms in place before we get to the point where we're feeling really threatened. Mm-hmm. And we can, and they're, they're buildable and everyone can build them. 
Absolutely. It's it's depth. Depth. So yeah. true. Yep. So you just start with what you can. And when you do that, everything develop everything builds on momentum. Where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focusing on certainty, then the universe is going to start giving you more certainty. And before you know it, you're feeling in control again. But really, it's just because you have a, a, a larger amount of certainty than you do uncertainty and you feel safe in that space. Yeah. So then when you are feeling certain and in control and life's good, set things in motion for yourself so that the next time something happens, whether it's the same trigger or not, you respond quicker to find certainty as opposed to sitting in your feeling of being out of control. Yep. Or a, um, and a victim so sort of mentality. Correct. So it's not, it's not how many times we get triggered, it's how quickly we remember Yeah. that this is just me needing some certainty right now. Maybe certainty can be found in a hug or in a call to a mate or to a family member or a walk somewhere outside or a hug with your dog or your pet. Certainty is just certainty. And when we did, we talked about vibration and how vibration is just a vibration. Yep. So forgiveness is forgiveness, doesn't matter what you're mm-hmm. forgiving. So it's the same with certainty, except certainty is something that is uh, relative to each of us. So... I might be certain about something might make me certain, but it might not make you certain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like <laughs> uh, for, for some of like for Matt, for example, for your Maddie, going for a surf might be his certain way of feeling better. Yeah. Like clearing his playing head. music for yep, me. Because he knows if he plays yeah. that chord and that chord and mixes it that way, it's got to produce that sound. And it's certain mm-hmm. and it makes him feel good. He gets a good feeling out of that. Whereas for me, there is so much uncertainty mm-hmm. about going for a surf that it makes me feel scared. Mm-hmm. So what's certain is different for others, but at the same time when it comes to spiritual practices, even though they're, they're a little bit different inside themselves, they're usually all the same. There's prayer. Yeah. There's meditation. Raising your vibration. The, <laughs> gratitude. Yeah, Absolutely. So there's all of those things that are certain for all of us and they're available to all of us if we choose to have them. And going back to the basics is not something that anyone needs to be thinking, I've done so much work and I'm too good to go back to basics or I'm too too advanced to go back to basics or anything. It's not time for ego when that when when these things happen. So when we're... You know, at the beginning of this week when things were a little bit out of control in my world, which were things that, and it's usually when it's things that are beyond, not my control, but things that are beyond my ability to assist in any way that I normally would. Out of your circle of influence. (laughs) I love the good old circle of influence. Oh, yes. You were only telling me about that Mm. the other day. Yes. So out of my circle of influence and when it's for people that I really, really, really care about, it just rattles me so bad. And there's not many things that do rattle me, but that's one of them. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. And because last week with everything that's happening in the area that we, that we live, it was not only just that, that issue with people out of my circle of influence at the moment, it was everything else that's going on. It's my street. It's my children. It's my husband. It's my work. It's everywhere. It's the shop. It's everywhere. And I just felt like the walls were closing in and I felt nothing. I kind of got to the point where it was just like, I feel numb. I'm empty. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people are at. Yeah. It's scary. It's really scary because nothing works, but it does. You've just got to go back to the basics. Yeah. And when as a mum and as a boss and as a wife and as a friend and all of the, the roles that I play, I for everyone else that's out there that's listening, the roles that we play are, and I'm, I'm not trying to gender stereotype, but typically mums will do this. We put everyone else and all of our roles in front of 
ourselves before we then look at ourselves to do it. Danger, Especially danger. when things are out of control. Yeah. 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 And on Monday night and Tuesday, I really needed to surrender. And I knew I needed to surrender. I just felt that surrendering how I usually surrendered wasn't going to work because this was too big. Like this, the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And uh, the, this is this is a different kind of surrender. The way that I normally do it is just not going to cut it. I'm going to have to learn a new way to I'll surrender. I'll surrender when I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. I need to download so I learn how to surrender on this next level that I'm yeah. at. And it's bullshit, you know. It's it that was me flighting because I'm a flighter. So I needed to surrender and I knew I needed to. It was a matter of moving out of my own way. And when when you are fully aware of the kind of ego style that you have, fight, flight or freeze, and you become very attuned to when it's triggered. The the shifts are very small when you grow. Like I'm still triggered by my ego, obviously, but when you're triggered, it doesn't happen as obviously as the same way as it used to anymore. It's It kind of sneaks up on you before you realize, holy shit, like I am firmly in my ego right now, but you don't realize it until it's like really far down. Whereas what I used to notice when things like like last week kind of went down, I'd drink. Oh, yeah. Yep. I would just drink myself out of it. And so it was really obvious <laughs> that I was flighting. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Or yeah. I would just not talk to anyone. I'd shut down completely. Be- and and it was really obvious that I was flighting. Where it wasn't as really obvious that I was flighting. And it's not obvious anymore. It kind of does it in sneaky ways. So I surrendered on Monday night and... um spoke to you and, and let things out and also just went to bed, just praying and box breathing myself to sleep. And then I woke up and I felt better and I was back. And like, no matter how far ahead you are in your journey, just go back to the basics, find that certainty that you will always, that certainty is always going to be there. Yep. But we're all being, we're all being threatened at the moment in so many different ways and knowing where your home is inside of you is if, if you haven't already established that now is a great time to establish it. Oh, absolutely. And you can, yeah. And you can, you can do that in so many ways. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously have been here before or you've stumbled upon it at the most opportune time. So do listen on <laughs> if you if if you're new to it then you do have a back catalog and if you haven't heard us for a while because we've been away for a while then uh, we're so happy to be back and to be offering entertainment and comfort and a little bit of solace in these times while we're offering them to ourselves we'd like to offer them to everybody else that needs it as well we don't we don't have all the answers we don't pretend to have all the answers and we've been off doing our own sort of you know time away you know, while we, yeah, while we, you know, settle in and settle down. And so, and we're back here to talk about it all. Mm. Yeah. So I think maybe just some more ideas of how people can find subcalm. Yes. Please, Tracy. Music. Yes. So... Maybe if you're 40 or so, <laughs> like me and Laura, um, putting on, uh, yeah, I said also, or Laura almost. Sorry, I had to put that in. Um, put on, although there is a little, like, like you're not that much younger than me, but there is some, like there's some really obvious differences in things that I know that you don't, or not that I know, but that I remember or that I had that you didn't have. And it's the same with Matt and I, like he's the same age older as me than I am of oh, you. two years. And it's like some of the things, yeah, some of the things it's just like, oh, like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, I've got no idea, but he really yeah. does. So... Uh, music is amazing yeah. and so going back to like for me I find that the time of uh, the late 90s when I was in high school and just out of high school those those the music always transports me to a smile yeah. always it's certain to bring me back to memories of baby Tracy <laughs> and doing crazy silly things but also 
being naive and young and stupid and ignorant and arrogant and obnoxious and loud and proud and all the things that that we were as teenagers and in our early 20s when we didn't have these worries. So music is one of the quickest ways to transport us back to a certain part of us that that the music frequency will trigger something inside of us that it'll elicit a response that is physiological for us and the brain will get a nice big hit of happiness and joy yeah explore the music I love that yeah so you could start your day with just having a playlist of all of your high school music favorite songs yeah favorite bands whatever and if you're driving around don't just put the radio on put your music on it's a great opportunity yeah have it in the car great idea Mm mm-hmm uh, things like, uh, making sure that you're cleansing, grounding and protecting. That's another one. Yeah. So we just want to make sure that like now more than ever is so important that you cleanse, that you ground and that you protect. It's all very equal at the moment in terms of what the threats are to our energy. So washing away what's not mine, washing away what no longer serves me, washing our hands, not just for pandemic, but just washing the energy away, um, going for swims if we can in the ocean. Also, you can sage yourself. Uh, Don't do that too often though because it's almost like saging away the good bacteria sometimes. It's like you you need to have a certain level of of stuff going on. But Mm, um, we, yeah, um, we can do a full men, a full men, (laughs) a full moon bath. (laughs) Full men bath. All right. (laughs) Uh, I only think one man would fit in my bath if it's the rock. I don't know if I could have a full man. It would be just a full man. Um, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Um, although I would take Channing Tatum and one other if oh I needed to. Anyway, so you could do, you could go out and get naked under the full moon Goodness. or even just um, have a, like actually have a bath during the full moon and, and cleanse. Uh, grounding, really just get out. Like I've been outside every day uh, since Tuesday intentionally walking barefoot for about an hour, sitting outside in the sun, really just grounding myself back into Mother Earth, which has so much certainty. The, uh, the abundance that's, that of certainty that Mother Earth offers is like nothing else. It's such a bounty. And you can see it in the trees, in the grass, in the sand, in the dirt, in the birds. You can just, you can see it everywhere. So ground your energy in. Uh, meditating is grounding as well. Uh, singing is also something that's quite grounding too. So singing when you're listening to music in the morning is also going to be really good for you. Just belt it out. Go on then. Um, yeah. Uh, and then protection as well. So I know we're not like where we are, we're not allowed out anymore. So protection is really an energetic, intentional protection at the moment where we are protecting ourselves from other people's fears and worries and doubts and concerns and uncertainty and feeling of out of control. We're protecting ourselves from everybody else's ego and just making sure that what we're supposed to learn through these unpredictable and very challenging times, what we're supposed to learn is what's coming through rather than having to learn other people's stuff as well. So find out why you're alive. Like, Why are you here on this earth in this lifetime for what is happening right now? What What is it that your soul is needing to evolve through? And what is this triggering inside of it? Because we all have it. Sure. Yeah, we're all here. We're all human. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. So go in and, and decide what it is that or what you think it is or have a think about might be a few things. Why do you think you're here right here right now in these times going through what we're going through? What do you think your soul needs to learn? Yeah. And you can use the authenticity triad to do that, to come down to how you're feeling rather than how you're thinking and get to the root of it and, and your your spirit will speak to you through your heart and then you can go on a journey of that. You know, the, the past couple of weeks, that's what I've been doing with a lot of people that have been really highly overwhelmed with the situation. And when I bring them back to their heart, I just say to them, baby steps, you know, you're expecting a, a result or an answer or a, um, a cure for what you're experiencing right now, but there is not one. And you've got, it's a, it's a build upon build upon build. It's a layered 
effect and you've got to start with the primary feeling that you have first that is ready to be evolved through and then once you've evolved through that the next one will come up and then the next one will come up until it's empty and there's none left yeah such a time for the introspection to all of it there's the time and the opportunity to do that yeah well well you think about what the virus is actually doing which is causing us to be isolated So one element that everyone would have to consider is why am I right here, right now in this experience? And one of the elements that I do know is that I need to be isolated for this. And also, yeah, sorry, you go. (laughs) Which brings us to exactly what you were going to say, which is introspection. Yeah, It's all the internal work. And because when they say everything that you need is within you, that's not a lie. It's not just something made up. It is the the simplistic truth out of all of it. It's there. So you've got to make space to go inwards. Just unlocking it, yeah. Mm. And it can be scary for people that have never done it before or it's so new to the concept. 100%. It's hard for people that have done it for 100 years too. Um, Yeah. What you were saying about having to be in isolation with the pandemic that's going on, I find it so... um, Like obviously 100%, that's what we should be doing, but isn't it? so strange that the whole world is going through such a collective thing yet we're all doing like we're all doing the same thing but separate like when was the last Mm -hmm. time it was just it does my head in and um another thing (laughs) another thing that you were saying about nature and how you love to ground in nature and you draw like abundance for you is something that you really you find easy to see and connect to in nature. What I love and connect to and um, really refreshes me about nature is um, how certain it is and how um, it doesn't discriminate. It goes on, the sun rises and falls and the moon comes up and goes down, irrespective of what anyone's feeling. It just keeps on going. It doesn't, it doesn't, care like it's beyond you know the emotions doesn't matter what anyone has been through on any given day you know day in day out it doesn't reflect your emotions no it will I remember going through a a horrendous breakup when I was a lot younger and just being like looking outside being miserable and going how can it be such a beautiful looking day out there (laughs) how can that be Why isn't it storming and raining and blowing a gale? I just thought, wow, it Mm. doesn't. You're right, because Mother Earth doesn't reflect our inner. It doesn't discriminate. No, it will always keep going. That's what I really. That's an element about nature that I just. It refreshes me. It doesn't care. You know, an emotion is what we attach to things as humans, but on the greater plane, it kind of knocks you off your pedestal. Yeah. I don't, maybe I don't mind mm. that a bit. It, it keeps you honest, doesn't it? It's like it doesn't. Yeah. It'll, you know, massive fires will rip through and, and then it will keep going and then it will rain the next year mm-hmm. for just as long and it, and it will keep going and tsunamis come and exactly go. Exactly the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I find that really, in a strange way, calming. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm just like, huh, we are just mere ants. Well, I think it's probably calming because it's sure. Yeah. It's certainty, like you said in the very beginning. Yeah. It, it calms you because it's sure. Yeah. But it, the, you, yeah, you it doesn't are, discriminate. Like you, it doesn't matter what anyone's yeah. going through. And you, and that's always going to be what it does. You can count on that for doing that. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> now uh some of the Mm. other things that we can do uh is just watch our nutrition and that's not just what we're eating and drinking because god knows i have put on some we were talking about the covid kilos Um, (laughs) it's so bad oh well um (laughs) i'm not gonna feel bad i'm really not gonna feel bad about my kilos (laughs) i can't there's no room (laughs) there's no room to feel bad (laughs) it just is (laughs) We'll deal with it later. My fat has filled up all my pockets. I have no room to put the worry in the pockets. That's right. Um, 
But nutrition is everything that is that we're exposing ourselves to. So just be mindful of who you're picking up the phone to have a chat to and whether or not it's actually the conversation that's going to be good for you right now, that it's going to be good for your soul and for your spirit, or whether maybe today you don't want to answer the call from the person that you'd be getting the daily phone call that when you get off the call, you feel like all doom and gloom or you're angry and riled up and gossipy and, you know, just be real, just, just be very careful about what you're exposing yourself to. Um, there's also just the news and social media, of course, obviously they're always there now. Uh, but even just exposing ourselves to other people's fear as well. And even if it's our children or our partners or people that we live with or that we work with, just being mindful that if we're not cleansing, grounding and protecting ourselves from that, that it can, it can upset our equilibrium and really throw us off for a little while. So Mm. Good point. Be aware of it. Just, yeah. Clock it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, like for the first few weeks, I think I just wore pajamas for half the day and then got into tracksuit pants (laughs) and then leggings and then back into pajamas again. Mm -hmm. And I feel like at first it's fun and I like it and it's like, oh, this is so good. (laughs) But then I think by week three or week four, my, I could feel my vibration just going through the floor. It's like this is sloth like. This is this is not fun. It's not novelty I don't like anymore. It at all. It's become it's gone no. from the novelty to the normal and then it's not normal. And I feel I felt awful. I felt lethargic. I felt foggy in my head. I felt awful. Like it was just I felt so disconnected from my usual level of energy and and the vibration that I sit at and in the boot camp and in my coaching, I teach stock take and recon and my stock take in the morning, my, my number that I pick had gone down to like a four and I usually sit at an eight and I'm like, geez, this is all because I have completely lost my structure and my routine. So from Tuesday this week, I tried to bring back structure and routine and I feel so much better for it. Yeah. So much better. I've been getting up every morning and taking Dash for a walk along the beach. Then I've been going into work um, either at my office at the night or in the day on Friday, but I've been coming into the spirit room and doing work and just setting the clock and kind of being more structured with the way that my day is going and trying to eat when I would normally eat, not just pick through the day, which has become a problem. And I've been trying to have conversations with my kids and my husband at times that I would normally have conversations with them rather than them being here all the time and just having passing words but not actually sitting down and having a full conversation because I've been with you all day passing words. Absolutely. So maybe bringing in some structure and some routine as well into the days if they're all kind of feeling a little bit out of control and you're feeling a bit sloth-like. Yeah, just move from one room to the other room every two hours. <laughs> Structure your day, room to room to room. Turn around, yep. touch the ground. Cups of tea, <laughs> the room, face one direction yep. for this hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there's, there's, we can build it in somewhere for sure. We can. So there I think the top things that I would bring. Yep in in terms of finding calmness amongst the chaos and also just recognizing that now might be the perfect time to go deeper with your spiritual self and learn and read and write and absorb find the people that uh, you're resonating with right now in in the greater space that are teachers and guides and messengers and listen to what they're saying and just try it on and see if it makes you feel good yeah because it's all there it's all there. Yep. We're just not marketing it to to the way that everyone else is marketing things at the moment. <laughs> and reach out and ask questions. Like you said before, we're here for whatever yeah. support we can offer. Yep. And you'll find, you know, it turns out She's a Witch is a great resource yeah. for people. We're getting so much love for that. I love that podcast. Uh, you and Shannon do so yeah. beautifully. It's good. And I, I'm not it's even fun. sorry. I think it's been two episodes now I've done redos with because Zoom is not our yeah. best friend sometimes. It's Zoom on a broom sometimes and it's the evil witch that arrives. <laughs> but and Zoom brings the yeah, doom. Yeah, and I'm not even sorry. I'm like, yes, I get a little turn. 
when Shan messaged me the other day and said, I have to re-record. And I was like, I'm sure Laura does not have a problem doing that. Yeah, so I was like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> well, uh, turns out it's haunted. We spoke about Sean who sent in an email with the skull. Oh, gosh. And the pipe. That was just, I loved it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sean. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And you did promise him that you would answer sort of part of that email over here on Turns Out She's Psychic. Yeah. So I'm going to finish that for Sean. Yep. So Sean's got two questions. Uh, so one of them is around what I do when I do listener stories or listener questions. So Sean says, Tracy, how can you see a spirit that someone has talked about when they write it into you with a story? Is it through attuning to that writer's energy at the time and reading their memories to find the link to the spirit and then hone in on them? Likewise, when you look at a photo rather than just read a story, how do you get so much information from a simple picture? How the heck do you as a medium even tune into energy from a page of words <laughs> or a photograph? And I know Sean and now he's a, is a mentee of mine and I've gotten to know him fairly well enough to know that this just boggles his mind. Me too. Like, and that's why he, I'm here. I love it. It's my, it's my, <laughs> The, like one of my favourite things is watching you do what you do um, when you answer these things. A wig out on it every single time. Right. Love it. Well you, well, you would know then that I don't sit there and Google and try and find out everything that I can about the story or the person that's written in or <laughs> have any secret, secret no. access to secret sources that um, deliver that information to me. But... Essentially what I'm doing there is an, an ability called psychometry. And so this is typically when people hold an object and they can get information from an object. And that's all I'm doing. It's the, it's the same ability except I'm just not holding it. Um, I've never really needed to hold it and I honestly don't know whether it's because my abilities are just, and this is going to sound like such a toss, but I don't know whether it's because my abilities are advanced uh, and I've just always been able to do the things that I do. And it's not hard for me to do it at all. It's just very easy for me to do everything that I do. And psychometry is one of those things. So I've never had to hold an object. I can read eyes as well. So if I see a photograph of people, whether their eyes are in a photograph or whether they're in real person, they give me the same information. And the reasoning behind psychometry and the science behind it, not that there's actually any scientific proof of how people like I do what I do, like me do what I do, that the way that it's best been described is that psychometry kind of works on um, like a an energy that's stored. So everything is energy. And if I read a person standing in front of me or sitting in front of me or someone on the phone, Zoom, whatever, it doesn't matter where they are or when they were there or when they are there, I'm tapping into their energy. Sure. And energy never ceases to exist. Energy just changes form. So it doesn't matter whether it's in the past, the future or the present. It doesn't matter whether it is a solid object or a photo of an object or a written story. Uh, It all holds energy. So it's not that I'm tapping into the intention of the writer or I'm I'm not telepathic in terms of being able to read their mind in their memories. Um. It really just, I just tap into their energy. So I, their email or their photos will have energy attached to them. I don't know how the energy gets attached. It just does. It's it's the force. Everything's energy. It's there. Everything vibrates. You can read that. You're sensitive enough to to receive that information. Yeah, I just pick up that vibration and join it. And then everything else comes through exactly like any other message does. So it uses the clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairaudience, clairsentience. So it's all of the abilities being used with the modality of psychometry. Love it. Does that make sense? Yep. And then you get this far off glazed over look in your eyes when you do it. <laughs> and it's the best. Well, that's when I'm that's when I'm in that vibration and I'm receiving all of the information. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm. Mm. 
it would be really cool if people could see what I see when that happens. Oh my gosh. It ha- yeah. It's like, um, you know, when, when you see, um, static, like, uh, in a movie or even like what we're looking at now while we're recording on the, what's it called? The garage band audacity. What is that called? Oh, like the, the wave. Yeah. yeah the voice. The waves. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's like that. That's what I kind of see, except I can slow down and pause it and go slow-mo and fast mode. And it happens that quickly. So cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. And so then Sean also says something I would like, uh, something I would love you to touch on is children conceived from donor embryos and where that all sits in relation to the soul choosing parents for their human experience, but then that getting changed after conception, but before birth, is it possible to still have soul contracts between the child, the biological or the new parents? Likewise, is it possible or even likely to have shared previous lives with these kids? I can't underestimate the greater picture to such human bonds formed, biological or otherwise. So it's a big question. It's a good one. Um, with Yeah, it's a very good question, but it's got a very simple answer. Yeah. So um, I'm just trying to find where that was. So children... So spirits before we become human. So regardless of, of what the dynamic is when we come down and have our human experience, whether we are parent, child, lover, best friend, whatever we are, let's just not think about that right now. But before that is all decided, there is just two souls that exist up there and they make a contract with each other based on light and dark and what what lessons need to be learned and then that's kind of all thrown into the mix and then when one of the souls spits out a human experience and then the other soul spits out a human experience whatever in divine time crosses their path whether it's through child a parent friend relative whatever then the soul contract is uh initiated it's, it's, it's initiated as soon as uh, the souls agree, but it's actually played out when, when from the get-go as well. So it's not, it doesn't play out when, when we come into each other's path. It's just that the light and the dark starts to play out more obviously. Like we can, we can start seeing it and hearing it and experiencing the light and the dark as opposed to when, for example, if... Um, if we, if so, if I miscarry mm-hmm. and I don't get to meet the baby, then the soul contract is still being played out, but it's being played out in the dark because I've lost the child. In in my opinion, like in my human space, I I see that as loss. Yeah. But from the soul level, it's really just a soul lesson being played out in dark for me to find light. To experience the loss so in order to co- recover from it. Correct, in which case the soul contract has still, has still is still living, yep. like it's still being played out. Mm-hmm. It, it th- we humans have such a romantic idea of how contracts and lessons play out. Like they, there is no romance no. up there. No. it's all very, it's all very black and white, quite literally. So we as the humans have that emotion children, to it. Correct, and that's what we need to evolve through. That's the dark. So if children conceived from donor embryos, um, they have a contract with the donor parent, so whether it's the egg or the sperm, they have a contract with them, but it's not a contract that is as great as a contract with who their parents end up being. Mm-hmm. And the dynamic doesn't really mean anything. So... If, if you've got um, – oh, this is really hard to do without being able to draw it and show a visual for people, so, like, to try and describe it in a way that people can visualise it. Yeah. If you've got three circles in a row, three souls, each one of these is a soul, and it's my soul, Laura's soul, and a baby's soul. And so say I am the donor egg. 
of that baby's soul. And Laura is the the parent that be, ends up becoming the parent of that baby. Mm-hmm. I have a contract with that embryo, with that with that soul to deliver it to earth. Yeah. And this is like the true essence of when I talk about the blueprint of procreation, sure. like yep. a procreator. Yep. So we are just, in some cases, a vessel. Like at the, at the very core of it, we are just a seed that gives more seeds. Yeah. And, and, and a vessel to carry the seed to arrive earthside. Like at the very foundation of it, it's just the way that humans keep going. Which is the most important part. <laughs> yeah. But it's like a plant or a tree. Yep. It just, it will keep going because of that. But then up there... What we don't know is that before we all come down and I'm me and you're you and the baby's mine but yours now, before that we all had a lifetime where I was your brother and you were my brother and the spirit was our mother. And so up there our souls recognise each other on a level where we have a, it's like a destiny, but we have a... um, we have a binding or a magnetic attraction to each other or force, if you will, or binding that says that we, we, us souls who have had these close relationships that are, whether it's, um, you know, it, it's usually biological, so through the blood but and the DNA. So if we've shared that, then when we come down to earth, we're all going to play a part in each other's lives that is equally as important because my role might not be important in that baby's life, but it's a hell of important in your life because you wouldn't have that child without me. Yeah. So there is a lot that goes on. It's a very big web. And I wish that I could sort of have a visual component to this to help people understand it a bit more. But either way for everyone involved in those three areas there in those three different souls there are contracts being played out it's just not the way that we sort of think about soul contracts and lessons having all of these romantic things attached to them but they're there there's yes layers yeah yeah so you might not be that biological child that you know might not be the biological parent of that child in this lifetime but you are you were probably biologically attached to that soul of that child in a past lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, and even the lessons in order, you know, to receive that child and of the person that donated the egg and stuff or, you know, do, donated the embryo. Correct. There's so, you know, none of those things are taken lightly or done without a huge amount of effort and intention. Um, so they're massive lessons at play that involve all of those individuals. Absolutely. It's just uh, you just got to stretch your mind a little bit more to see beyond the human way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. The way that the way that we 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 imagine living with people and living without people. Mm. So my husband's adopted and his birth mother, they, him and her, the, and, and her, his birth father, but they, they have a very big contract that's playing out right now. In, in Like Matt's 44 this year and for 44 years it's been a big contract that he has been holding on to for her. They don't know each other, they've never met, and who knows if they will in this human experience. But she has had to live the last 44 years with a contract playing out and he has had to live 44 years with a contract playing out. His parents that have raised him have had to live yeah. the last 44 years with a contract playing out. I've had to live a contract now. Yeah. My children, my three children, they are th- those biological people's grandchildren. It's contracts playing out left, right and centre. We They just don't appear to be as experiential in terms of you know we can't feel it and see it and touch it and 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 hear it because they're not here yeah it's what you can't see it's all the it's the absence of it all it's louder than anything else it's in front of you it's like when a a parent dies at childbirth yeah and the, the child lives on 
Mm-hmm. It's it's all very very much the same in in so many ways. It's so simple. Once you get past that human awareness and perception, it's very simple to understand. Yeah, it's all it's all the ideas we put on top of it from our own experiences. Yeah, which and is, what we've been yeah. told. Yeah, that's right. Our conditioning, just limiting. Yeah, that's what yeah. makes it fascinating. Thank you. I hope you're mm. satisfied with that, Absolutely. Sean. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he will. And if he's not, I'm sure he'll ask me at some point. <laughs> Write another email. That but thanks cool. for being patient. <laughs> yeah, he writes good emails. Yeah. Cool. He has good questions too. Mm. I bet. So is that it? I think that's a wrap. Is that <laughs> episode one, season three, done and dusted? Of Tosby's. Yep. So send us a Gmail. Get in touch. Tell us how you're going. What? How can how can we help you? How can Laura help you? How can I help you? What can we do? What can we do to help bring calmness or joy? Or what can we teach? What can we share? Because we're here. Yeah, we're back. We're back, baby. And in saying that, we're going now. Back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Bye. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook at tospodcast.